listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while we break break it all down. down hey guys welcome back to another episode i'm saba and i'm brandon and we are your hosts of the cannabis hangout on today's episode we have the pleasure of speaking with somebody i've known for a little bit but we're going to dive a little bit deeper and get to know her a little bit more she's an amazing mom a cannabis advocate and just an all-around badass she's calling us from texas today and we're super excited to chat with her so guys please welcome tessa to the cannabis hangout hey tessa Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to call in and chat with us. We appreciate you. Um, Let's just start from the very beginning, Tessa, and tell us where your cannabis journey first began and like when the first time you consumed cannabis was, if you remember that. Oh, of course. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I uh, was one of the rare ones to wait until college. I was a little afraid of it just because it was kind of a, an, I don't know, kind of looked looked down upon to consume or in Stillwater, or at least that's kind of how I was raised. And so I waited till I was in college and um, I smoked with some of my, my softball uh, teammates. I played college softball. Okay. And, uh, it was one of our first um, parties, uh, like sports parties that we had had. And I uh, vividly remember uh, driving on a sidewalk that night um, <laughs> uh, and just just irresponsibly consuming. But just I remember exactly what it was like that night and how I felt. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Is it that was drive, the first time. <laughs> driving on a sidewalk? <laughs> yeah, we well, were driving on a sidewalk. Like a, like a car? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were in a in a golf car. <laughs> okay, oh, it was like okay. a car on a sidewalk, huh? I'm like, it's a little out of hand, Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, a golf cart makes so much more sense. That's funny. Yes. Yes. So everyone has their own personal preferences, but do you have a preferred way to consume cannabis? I do. Currently, I'm I'm really enjoying edibles. I've been on an edible kick for, when I say a year and a half now. Wow. Um, before, yeah, before that, I was a a pen girl. Okay. I really enjoyed. What kind of edibles do you that. like? Ooh. Okay. So I love my edibles from Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> shout out Oklahoma weed. Love yes. y'all. Um, Yes, I, I actually enjoy it a lot more than Texas. So, and I have my Texas medical marijuana license here as well. Do you? Okay, we'll tap into that a I little do. bit because I want to okay. know. I want to know what that's like. I have yeah, questions. Me too. So, absolutely. Um, with cannabis, it can be like a very versatile tool that like inspires us and helps us create that spark and just makes life better in general. What's something that you enjoy doing after you consume or smoke cannabis? Ooh, that is, that's a great question. Um, being one with myself, I feel like it centers me. I feel like I've, over the years, uh, found what dosage works for me and, and the type of 
the type of weed that I'm consuming um, and what works best for me. So I know when I consume, it helps me look upon myself in a positive, uplifting way. That's good. I love that you're able to like see it from that light and feel it that way. Absolutely. What age? So what age did cannabis become more than just like getting high and maybe more medicinal for you? Like when did you realize that? Would you say? I would, that's a great question. I was thinking about that the other day and I feel like, uh, I would say when right after my son was born, I, uh, was going through a lot of postpartum depression and, um, didn't want to turn back to prescription drugs. I had been on Vyvanse my whole life for ADHD and had gone cold turkey a year prior to getting pregnant. And it was a terrible withdrawal year for me. And I knew that I did need a little bit of help or a little bit of an aid to assist my depression and anxiety. And, and so I, I turned to cannabis about a year when my son was about a year and saved my life, I would say. Wow. That's, it's always, I love to hear what brings people to cannabis. And that is, I can only imagine what the withdrawal what will you describe just a little bit what the withdrawal like was from Vivans and then once you got on cannabis, like what that feeling was like and how like it shifted you? Absolutely. Vivance for me was something that I had a part of my life since fourth grade. Surprising enough, I was on it my entire pretty much schooling career and um it did what it was supposed to. It worked with my chemistry. Um, and then when I got to college, I would sometimes take it, sometimes not. And withdrawing from Vyvanse is, it is, it is a crazy experience. It is a full body experience in the most negative way possible, including just mind fog all of the time. And, um, just physical pain, Mm -hmm. um, associated with that. So if you're not taking it regularly, um, the withdrawal happens almost instantly and it gets worse too with time. So having that year was just very, and being, and being with somebody with, I have lupus, which is autoimmune disorder and being somebody with lupus, it, it really made me miserable. It made me a miserable person. And because I was in pain, I was just always so grumpy all the time. And it was not, not who I wanted to be or, or knew that I was. So, mm-hmm. um, after that year, year and a half, um, I got pregnant with my son and had him, the love of my life, and um, knew that I needed help. I knew that my hormones, I knew that my mind, I knew that the fog that I had still uh, withdrawing from Vyvanse years later um, was there, and it was different now that there uh, were different hormones and brain chemistry and thoughts involved, um, being a new mom. So turning to cannabis, which was the most natural option, um, that I, um, was exposed to was the best thing for me. And, um, yeah. So what, what was that moment that like drew you to cannabis? Was it like a certain person or was it just like a certain, like aha moment that you had or had, like, had you been smoked? smoking during kind of like obviously prior to your pregnancy like had you been smoking and then you were like oh this will help like did you have an aha moment with that I did I think I think when I became a mom I I decided to care what was going into my body more so than beforehand I think beforehand maybe I was consuming um it in a I don't know how to explain maybe a 
immature way. Mm -hmm. I know that there's not really a mature way to, but I was using it for the wrong reasons. I was using it for a different mind set. I was using it for um, different reasons. And when you're not in a great mindset, I feel like sometimes, and and you consume something to change that mindset, I feel like that could be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so before uh, pregnancy, that's kind of where I was. I was using it in a not um, conducive way for myself. Um, and when I got pregnant, obviously I was not using. And then, um, I remember, I remember one afternoon pushing my son and target and thinking, and he was crying. And I, I remember thinking, how, how can I possibly calm down when my heart and my, my mind feel like this? And I, I just need a break. And I remember thinking back to all of the times that I had prior to being pregnant and, exploring nature after consuming marijuana and thinking I was super at peace then. And maybe that, I think at that, that afternoon at target, I decided that it would have been a really good option to, to try to look back into that and see if that was something that could help me the way it it did before. That's in a more medicinal way. Yeah. But that's, it's so cool to hear your journey with you know, getting off five ants, becoming a mom, and then redeveloping your uh, relationship with cannabis and just kind of where you are now. So currently, to, will you tell us, please, why you consume cannabis and how it helps you just in like today, like right now? Absolutely. So before this podcast, I actually consumed, uh, I will say 45 milligrams of an edible. And I feel like uh, doses rise. That's, that's where I, um, interflect. I think that's the word. Is that a word? It sounds like a word. (laughs) Okay. Um, I look, I look deeper into myself. It allows me to, um, and honestly, I forgot the question. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The 45 milligrams, baby girl. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it did me in for sure. Um, why do you consume, you said you had lupus. Is, is that one of the reasons you consume cannabis? Like why do you consume cannabis and how does it help your body? Like now? Absolutely. I feel like it helps me in every single way possible. Lupus is a big reason as to why um, it is a almost daily practice for me. Um, it does relieve tension and aches and it allows me to relax my muscle and having an, an autoimmune disorder means that there's so much inflammation in your body um, and it's squeezing around your bones. And um, for someone who's had it, I've had it almost for 10 years. I, wow. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. I can feel, um, feel the inflammation. And so when I consume it, it really helps me relax my body so that I'm not so tense. And I think that does help inflammation. That's awesome. It's wow. Cannabis is so cool. It can do so many cool things. So true. Um, other than using cannabis, what kind of mental wellness routines do you have in place that help ease and set yourself up for success? Yes, avoiding seed oils. I'm just gonna. I have to say <laughs> Ooh, that. my I'm girl. On, <laughs> I'm on a super anti seed oil kick, which means I'm having to give up my oat milk lattes right now. Um, and I'm a little depressed about that. But um, just because a lot of oatmeal or oat milk does have um, canola oil as yeah. the first ingredient. I don't know if you all know that. Um, but avoiding seed oils has made a huge difference in the way that I think and feel overall. Um, getting outside within the first 10 minutes of when I've, I wake up in the morning, even if it's for a minute or two or a joint or two, right. Getting Mm -hmm. outside and being outside, even if it requires a jacket or shoes 
has made a huge improvement, I think, in my daily uh, mind set, 100%. So, okay, I'm, can, I want to tap in on the seed oil stuff for a minute. <laughs> yeah. you do. What? Down the rabbit hole. I go. know, I know. Brandon loves a rabbit hole. I do love <laughs> rabbit holes. I love healthy rabbit holes. I love ones that might not be. But I, I want people listening to know what seed oils are are how they can be very damaging to our body like will you shed some of your knowledge on that i will this is, um i might need a second though um, i really have to it's okay to i'm just like yes. wondering like you know for the normal day-to-day person like people aren't a lot of people are not aware of that and they don't know how it affects their bodies and how most of the food they consume contains it you know, like there's there's very few people that I feel like are mindful about seed oils and I can probably That's count important. them on one hand. So so I know for sure that they um, seed oils in particular contribute to um, a bunch of like deadly health issues like uh, diabetes, um, obesity. I know IBS, that's something I know a little personal, but something I struggled with um, in my 20s and had no idea why I have these issues, but I'm consuming seed oils and fast food um, constantly and um, not really caring to look into that. Um, And luckily, I have um, somebody reached out to me on Instagram not too long ago um, called Seed Oil Scout. Shout out to them. Um, They are an app that... um, generates a map and it shows you all of the restaurants and their seed oil ranking and if they use seed oils and if they don't i um, saw you post about that and i downloaded it i think i showed it to you Brand. yes that's cool yes yes and i think it's so important i think when you look into what this actually does and and how it clogs your body and and honestly um just stopping consuming them lowers your percent of getting a lifelong deadly disease yeah um I think it, the pros are the pros of, you know, giving up seed oils totally outweigh the cons, even yeah. though, you know, some, the zebra cakes, they're bomb, you know, Ugh, yes. and, um, and the sour strips, they're bomb, you know, and, um, you know, <laughs> man, thinking about them now. <laughs> Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes. And with being business owners or self-sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So tell me this, what, for somebody who's curious listening, let's just say somebody like me, because I am listening and I am curious, um, cutting out seed oils is not the easiest, especially like, let's say people who do eat out a lot. So I know you're a foodie. What's that look like? Like when you go out to eat, is there questions that you ask, things that you look for? Like what does your diet look like now and how, what was the process of you cutting things out? And obviously not everything is overnight. But Moderation too, yeah, I know. What's that process look like for you? Because it's so, especially like 
in Oklahoma, it's so hard to avoid seed oils, I feel like, for unless sure. you're going to like flower child every day. But yes. what's that process been like for you, if you'll share just a little? Of course. So at the beginning, what I did, and it's something I've 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 really tried to stick to is I'm I'm for grocery shopping at home, I'm I'm avoiding grocery stores. I'm going to farmers markets and I'm getting what I can afford at that time. You know, I, I think the I think the argument is that they're so expensive and it's it's really fresh food. So what you want to get is just the quantity that you're going to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think the the cost really it shouldn't be an issue if you're being mindful of what you are consuming on a daily basis. But shopping at a farmer's market has changed my life. The quality of the food, um, no seed oils being in most of the products there and um, avoiding the grocery store where even the outside aisle, which the outside aisles of the store, which are known as like the healthy parts are doused in chemicals and doused in and, and things and, the little stickers on the apples that tell you what chemicals have been sprayed on them, even though they're organic. And I just, I would get a panic attack learning and, and reading about that. So I just started going to the farmer's market. So I'd say that's my first practice. And then second practice, if I do decide to go out to eat, I've been very adamant about just straight up asking them, um, what, what oils do you cook your foods in? Um, and they're usually, the waiters are usually able to go get that answer really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's something that I don't agree with, like the seed oils, I, I do ask for my food to be prepared in butter or olive oil. Okay. And that makes a huge difference, um, in my opinion. Wow. Thanks for sharing yeah, all that. Thank you. It's definitely shed some yeah. light in my life. So yes. speaking of food, <laughs> Tessa, you're always posting food pics. I love your travel <laughs> photos. They're always so great. And I always... I feel like you always manage to find cannabis in the places you go. One, what's that process look like for you? And two, do you feel like cannabis helps enhance your experiences while you're away from like your normal routine and day to day? I'm going to answer that second question first. The answer is yes. Hell yes. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, It's such an enjoyable, it's, it's one of the best parts of the day. Um, It's, it's not a dependency. It's a, it's an addition to an already wonderful life that really does help. And um, as far as the first question goes, that 45 milligrams creeping in. What's that first question? You travel often. Do you find it hard to find cannabis when you go to places specifically like if you're looking for flour or do you know people? Do you not worry about it? Like what's that look like for you when you go to places where it may not be legal or you may not have access to it as easily? For sure. So community is essential. I think connecting with people who are all over is important. I think there's always going to be places that we travel to where we don't know anybody. But I think in that in that time, in that place, I think it's best prepare. I think it's it's best to bring your own. And as always, I think it's, it's really good to do your research to see where you're getting um, flour or um, edibles or tinctures from. Um, so for me, when I travel, I'll bring my own. I think it's important that I know what's in my stuff. Um, and that just goes for for everything involved. If I'm if I'm out while I'm on a trip, um, I I'll usually look scroll through my Instagram, see who I know, or see in my phone book who who would know someone there, um, and reach out to them. So I think for that, it's community. Yeah, trust and community for yeah, sure. I like that answer. So let's talk a little bit about family dynamics. What's your family like in regards to the conversation of cannabis, and are they supportive? Yes. Great question. Absolutely. Um, my parents 
are the most wonderful people I know. They're the most supportive, amazing, incredibly patient group of married, wonderful people ever, um, pair, excuse me. And um, me having cannabis was never, in my adult life, never looked down upon. And almost they understood it was a tool for me. And um, I'd say over the past three or four years, my parents have really looked into um the pros of cannabis which are you know a hundred a million to one um and really just started you know almost helping me um look into new edibles new that's cool this new that yeah and i think that they saw that it does make a difference in my day-to-day and it does help my anxiety and and they encourage that and as far as my family dynamic at at home i am a single mom um, I have my son 60-40, and my son knows that um, marijuana and weed and my edibles, they are medicine for mommy. And that is something that I've I've stood strong about um, teaching him in a very, you know, select way of letting him know that this is medicine um, for mommy and it's something that helps mommy. And um, it's not something that kids can consume, but it's for mommies and daddies who have a license to consume their medicine. Um, so my son from the very beginning, um, has known that that's something that does help me. I like that. That transparency is super Mm -hmm. important and that's really neat to hear that. So with that being said, Tessa, as a mother using cannabis, how do you confidently use it without caring or worrying about like what other moms may think? Like, I I know that feeling can be there for people. You know what I mean? With like other moms who have kids and stuff and like how it makes you feel or you just don't give a fuck, which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) of course i think summed up in a few words cannabis was created for parents if i could say anything yeah um i think cannabis brings you closer to the moment that you're having i think um i think when i'm stressed and i'm tired and i'm i'm not really focused um on my son helping him the way that i should i think if i consume it helps me get back down on his on his level and it helps me connect with my inner child. I think sometimes too, when I'm around my son. So if I could put it in a few words, I think cannabis uh, was created for parents. And if it's something that you've been curious about, I think that you should, you should do your research and check it out because I think it can make such a positive impact in your day to day and overall life. Yeah. Yeah. So here's going back to something you said a little bit earlier. Um, medical marijuana license in texas what does that look like what does that entail will you tell us a little bit about that and like what what does it look like where do you go to get your stuff like how's how's that work of course so i think the licensing is a little different in texas um than it is in oklahoma for texas um they did want you originally to come into an office and talk to a doctor and uh, then get a prescription. Mm-hmm. And there were, I, I want to say two or three dispensaries here that were also like big warehouse shops that were like, I don't know, I think dispensary is the best way to put it, but there were only two to get it from like Austin Metroplex area. Mm-hmm. Um, when I applied, um, I didn't have to go into an office. I FaceTimed a doctor um, and the conversation was less than three minutes. Um, I think in Texas, you have to quali- you qualify by having different types of cancers, um, autoimmune disorders, PTSD, and autism, I think are the four main categories that you're able to um, qualify. So um, I think bringing my um, 
just talking to them and being honest in in the three minutes that we had, I think that um, the doctor was able to like accurately prescribe as well as have a note from my um, therapist. And um, then it was an easy prescription. It was a $150 for a whole year access to um, Texas cannabis, um, the warehouses pretty much. Mm -hmm. And um, that my experience with the warehouses have been very interesting too. I have to, I'll have to say that. Um, when you say warehouses, yeah. what do you mean? Like dispensaries or okay, like, so, yeah, they okay. So they, they look like dispensaries, but on the outside, they're just warehouses that aren't really decorated. They look, I don't know how to explain it. Um, they're not like the have, they don't have the nice signs that the Oklahoma dispensaries have or the, the charm. They're just, dis they're just discreet. Like it's yes, just they like, are discreet yeah. and it's, they're out in the middle of nowhere too. Um, so just a very interesting, um, experience overall. And I will say pricing in Texas, in my opinion is ridiculous. Okay. So you just go into one of these warehouses and it has just like all of the flour and edibles carts, anything that you need. I will say that they only at, at the ones that they have here in Texas, they have um, tinctures and they have edibles. They okay. don't currently have, yeah, they don't currently have flour or anything other than that. But I they're, um, yeah, gummies and um, the max that they give are 20 milligram gummies. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So how much does like a 20 milligram gummy cost you then? So a, there are 30, there are 30 in a little, um, container of them. Mm -hmm. And depending on what your doctor prescribes, I was prescribed to take uh, five to 10 milligrams three times a day. Okay. Um, oh. so technically if I'm, if I'm going by the script, I'm going to be consuming that in about 10 days. I don't know if my math is right, but um, about, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, Container of 30 is $120. What? Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. That's wild. Yes. Huh. Yes. Like so I'm assuming, you, wow. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Wow. No, and then as you go up on milligrams, um, they they go down in, like, the amount in the container. So if, you, if you're getting the 20 milligram option, you're only getting 15 in the container because they assume you're going to cut it in half. And so it's kind of controlled in that sense of it is. It is. Well, it's controlled by price, which yeah. I think is just I think is terrible. Yeah. No, for sure. Because yeah, it makes the access for people who don't necessarily have the funds mm -hmm. really difficult and Correct. they need the they Correct. need the product. Yeah. Correct. And there's no there's no there's no insurance or supplemental anything that can be used on this. It has to be purchased, mm -hmm. you know, out of pocket. And so I think cost wise, I think it's deterred me really from experiencing maybe a year's worth. Um, I was able to do it a few months, but then I was thinking this is, I can go to Oklahoma and I feel like better quality products yeah. and, and more affordable. Prices, and, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's been my experience. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for enlightening us on that. The Texas way for, with yeah. what they're trying to dip their toes into. I know. But, so here's one more, one, my last question about that. Is it, obviously Austin's like Austin's so different than the rest of Texas. It's its own little like hub. You're in Austin. So have you gone to other places or parts of Texas where they also have where we'll call them warehouses, warehouses, or is it just like mostly an Austin thing? 
I have, um, the times I've been to Houston, I have driven by, I think there's one or two there, but they, they belong to the same company. Um, I think there's only one or two, I could be completely wrong. I could be just giving information that's not accurate, but I want to say that there's only a few, um, businesses that are able to have these dispensaries, these legal dispensaries. So they all, you know, are, are kind of plain. Um, but the actual cool shops like Mary J in Austin, which are, are cannabis advocates and they sell the glass and they sell the, they sell all of the, the awesome accessories. Um, I can't wait till they're able to, um, you know, sell to because their her dispensary is awesome in Austin. If you've ever been, it's called Mary J. Mary J. Yeah, I I've I never know. been to Austin. So wait, hold on. Is it on, is it on, oh is it sixth street? It's on South Lamar, I believe. Okay. Um, I, I want to say I might yes. have walked past it one time. It looks like super kind of like upscale and it's like really nice, but she also has like clothes and stuff in there. Am I right or wrong? Yes. Okay. I, right. I've been yes. there. I went there, I think last, I was in Austin for the F1 races when I messaged you and I think I actually went in there and I was like, this place is really rad. Oh, that's so awesome. Yes, I wish we would have got to meet up, but next time. For next sure. time, yes, absolutely. Yes, but Mary J Mary J's awesome. And then I actually I currently live in a I live north of Austin in a town called Georgetown, which I'm in love with. If you ever have the opportunity to visit, it's amazing. Uh, and there is a store in the downtown area called Cozy Cannabis and they sell um similar products and it's very similar to that uh Mary J wow. store and yeah, it's amazing. That's cool. Thanks for sharing, Tessa. Yeah, of course. So now that we've talked about cannabis a bit, tell us in your own words, Tessa, who you are and what you do. Ooh, okay. I would say I might need a minute. That's. <laughs> I know. No pressure. I just, we introduce people as we, you know, research and know them. And so we always like to give someone, you know, us th their chance to say who you are and what you do in your own words. I would say, I would say, hundred percent mother and advocate because I, 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 the best thing I've ever heard is to, uh, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Um, and that's something I really, I really live by. I feel like you can change the world and you can change, um, can can change lives just by going home and and truly loving your family. So yeah, I say I mother first and advocate next. Aw, that was a great answer. I know it's sweet. <laughs> So we all can get into creative rut sometimes and it's easy to feel overwhelmed and lost with no direction. What's something you do to help recenter yourself um, when you feel like you're being consumed by life and stress? Get into some water a hundred percent. Take a shower, go swimming. Um, that's my main, that's, that's the first thing that I've been doing. Um, second would be getting outside. So important. Um, and third, I'd say consuming a great meal, mm. an amazing, great meal. What's your go-to, what's your go-to meal to like cook or eat? Oh man. Okay. Um, this is tough. I do like to cook. Um, I would say the thing that I order the most is going to be beef pad you from a Thai restaurant hole in the wall. Wow. Uh, Yes, full of seed oils, delicious. Um, <laughs> full of seed oils. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that sometimes. <laughs> hey, it's sometimes, sometimes you just are itching for seed oils. Um, <laughs> I love how you say yeah. it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. You're like, 
I need some of that poison. Let me have some. Um, and so, <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> it's so I get I get my beef pads used. That's my go-to. And then as far as cooking, oh man, I don't know. Just a nice medium rare uh, ribeye. Mm. Like, what's your go-to sides? I'm a sides girl, so it, I just gotta know. This is tough. This makes me think back to my like last meal. I put a last meal on death row uh, thing on TikTok. And everything. <laughs> um, I would say sides, a Caesar salad to me. Mm-hmm. There's if, if it's this with some Parmesan, I love a Caesar salad. Mm. Uh, and then I would say, I don't know. What do you think for sides? Uh, mashed potatoes. No questions asked. I'm a potato girl, though. If I was going to be mm-hmm. a vegetable, I'd be a potato. You can cook them in so many different ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Potatoes are always a great side or mac and cheese. Yeah. That one too. A. So true. All the comfort food. I know. (laughs) Mouth is watering. So Tessa, for anyone listening, do you have any advice or words of wisdom that you would like to share that you wish someone would have told you along your journey of life? Ooh, <laughs> I definitely think that go, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I think, yeah. um, finding your faith, I think, in my opinion, um, has saved my life. And I think getting in touch with yourself and being open to trying new things. I think all of those things are things I've, I've kept close to me for a long time that have, have brought me happiness, peace. That's good. That's, I love those that. Are great answers. Yeah. And so Tessa, we like to ask everyone this question because there's always different answers. But what's a stigma surrounding cannabis that you would like to see changed? Just in general, I think it's crazy that um, people think that weed is more harmful than alcohol, um, which is insane to me. You know, because the only like con I feel like um, is like when you smoke it, right? Is is a lung, right? Is a is a lung issue, whereas, like, alcohol has every, I mean, it's like a black box thing, you know? Yeah, that's like, a great I, answer, Tessa. Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. Well, Tessa, Um, I think this wraps up our episode for today. Is there anything you want to add before we hop off? No, I, I really appreciate you guys having me, um, and, and getting to know me and teaching me and, and I'm learning a little bit from y'all, um, just by hearing the questions and seeing how you guys care. So I really appreciate y'all. That's sweet, Tessa. Tessa. Thank you so much. Well, we enjoyed getting to know you more, Tessa, and thank you for sharing your journey with us and for everyone listening. We appreciate yeah. we appreciate everyone who tuned in today's episode and stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, Sob, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at DopeHistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, 
Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.